Welcome to the Yoga Bitter Podcast. My name is Andrew Dugas. Today we talk about building things. We're going to interview two guys that build things with business, with compassion, with attentiveness, with thoughtfulness. If you didn't know this here at Yoga Better, we love business. And when we say business, it can be lots of different things. Really, business is everything and nothing. It's what you say it is. All you got to do is sit in front of a computer, wiggle your fingers, clicky-click, pay LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer a couple hundred dollars, and like magic, everyone just agrees that you have a thing now. And from nothing, you've created a thing that might be able to put food on someone's table. And I think that's profound. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we cultivate our understanding of business and we care about it. We value that you are a customer when you come to our studio. About two months into the pandemic, we wrote a email, put it on our website, put it on Facebook, a little update of how we were doing. And two longtime students, people who had sort of circulated in and out of the practice, friends of the style for sure, people for whom we knew the style had made a difference and they loved it. They reached out to us. I didn't actually know what they did. It turned out they're investors. They go in and they help startups or established businesses level up, do the next thing. And although they never invested in our business with money, we ended up having a weekly call every week for almost six months. So imagine that. Do the, do the calculations. Two people taking an hour, sometimes often more, rarely it ended at an hour, out of their lives to support people for whom there was no financial interest, there was no gain. When we succeeded, it wasn't like they got to make more money when they sold their stock of our company. It was literally they saw people that they cared about and they devoted their time. These are two of the nicest damn dudes you'll ever meet. They're thoughtful, curious, sharp as Japanese cutlery. They are the kinds of people you want in your community. In our conversation, we will talk about creating things in Houston, how Houston is really a factory for creativity, community, parenting, business, the problems of measuring things in life and business. There are huge parallels. Really, the skills of one can absolutely help you in the skills of another. And most importantly, relationships. These guys are also insanely modest about their accomplishments. They have both independently and together started and steered businesses in the tens of millions of dollars while maintaining an enviably high quality of life for themselves and their beautiful families. These guys make choices with lots of data and the dollar isn't the bottom line for them. They have other bottom lines. They have they look at the dollar, but they don't chase the dollar. And it really shows both in how they deal with other human beings and clearly in the life they have built for themselves and all the work that they do building in this community that here in Houston, Texas, we all get to enjoy. I'll quit talking. Let's get to it. You'll love these guys. Andrea, 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 Andrea. Welcome to Hey Andrea. It's, it's where we talk. Talk to Andrea. So what exactly are we listening to here? Well, our neighbors... Yogabitter Studio. Not there that often, but when they are, you know, because I believe from what I can hear that they are doing photo shoots for babies and children. And so we're listening to whoever it is trying to make the baby smile. Are you, are you telling me that we were just standing in our room with a mic pointed at a wall? We were 100% doing that. It's quite loud. So you taught a class the other day for... The- where they were. <laughs> so you taught a class the other day where they were doing a photo shoot and then what happened? One of the students said, what if you taught us like that? And so I taught them. Little did he know you have children. And I was also a cheerleader, so I'm pretty good at it. Baby cheerleader. Baby, that's right. So I taught in a try to make a baby smile voice. Can you can you give us a taste? Okay. But you're doing so good. Yay! Sort of like that. You're doing so amazing. Wow, look how great you caught that ankle. It's so inspiring. Oh my goodness. Okay. You have to talk to a baby about how inspiring it is. I don't know. <laughs> this is what I said. I don't know. Okay, so probably would not have said that, but. Probably. 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 Can you get that foot with your hand? Oh my gosh, look at you. Oh, it's so good. You're doing so wonderful. Amazing. How about that? You know what? I like ice cream. Do you like ice cream? Let's talk about ice cream while we grab our ankle. When I first started teaching here, before we, I knew that they, what she was doing, it was just super loud in there. And there was no context. 
it's, it was nice the other day because it was at the beginning of class. Sometimes it's at the end of class, which is a little bit more problematic. But, you know, a little dash of life. It's too enthusiastic. It's not our style. Right, but it's a distraction. That's why. Yeah, I know, but yeah. you have to deal with life is full of distractions, and how do you deal with life? How do you? I'm talking about teaching that way. So this, this never bothered me. <laughs> this is unscripted, by the way. We're just standing here. Is this what it has to traumatize these babies a little I bit? I was thinking, like, because babies, are, I would imagine, I just imagine being a baby, like, whoa. Sca like, cameras have this really intense connotation. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. I'm a Harley Davidson. Okay, I just kind of failed that one. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? Um, yeah. Oh, and they were also doing, I don't know what, I don't know what or why. I don't ever want to know either because it's funnier <laughs> to not know. You heard her do it, but it was like this. We're like, uh, are you practicing like puking for the baby? I don't know. You heard her do that again? She's just like, sound like she's puking everywhere. Like that kind of thing. It's very strange. You got a good chuckle out of it. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. You got crap in your pocket? That's gross. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> you eat shit for breakfast? No, I mean, what? No. Oh. Listen to what I say. Get out of my way. Or you'll pay. I just may go down by the bay and lay down some hay. <laughs> what do you say? I love your combination, Andrew, of, of hippie vibe and, and kind of ethos with hardcore tech gear guy. I mean, you got to have the gear, man. <laughs> have you seen the, that Portlandia? No. about get the gear no get the it reminds me of andrew so no. much no you gotta put, get the gear put a bird on it yes i can pickle that well so there's a lot of ways we could go i like business i like talking business i also like yoga i like helping people i like community service all of which you guys are super duper resources for but maybe you could just say who you are and a little bit of what deal is with your whole life and stuff. life yeah <laughs> I'll, what's I'll, your purpose i'll gladly start there easy stuff maybe first sean you can go Houston, Texas born. I had an opportunity to leave Texas for college, went to Tennessee, got an opportunity to travel, lived in Paris, then San Francisco, and missed Texas. Never thought I'd come back and never looked back once I did. Really enjoyed Texas. And what brought me back post-college was an opportunity just to be around the people in the state. And that's been meaningful. And that, and that has helped shape some of my engagements, you know, not taking the traditional path but finding people out there that mm. you like working with in the community. And our community is a goofy community. <laughs> Houston, who, who would choose to live here yet? Yeah. Lots of people do, <laughs> yeah. and lots of people are moving here every day. And, and I think that's really important. It's not what looks good on the outside. It's what you peel back on the onion. Yeah, we don't have the, we don't have the look good on the inside yet. We're working on that. Yeah. But subsequent to that, have been involved, started a handful of businesses. Uh, don't consider myself an entrepreneur by any stretch, but I like that sense of community, of putting your mind to something and trying to accomplish it. And, and there's great value in that. And it's not always the financial aspect of that that makes it worthwhile. It's most often the most rewarding part of that is the relationships and the kind of self, the combined journey together to make that happen. So that drives everything I do, trying to find that community where you have shared values and goals and go out and have fun and kick butt. Have fun and kick butt. Yeah. I like that. It's kung fu. I was I was listening to Sean's uh, self intro there and and started realizing the startling lack of diversity you have across the table from you today because my story is super <laughs> similar. Awesome. Now you, Jeremy, Houston native who went to New Jersey for college, came back to to Texas and really similarly never left. I had a pit stop in Austin on my way back to Houston. I, I am I'm similarly a, a fan of. The Texas kind of um, mishmash and and Houston in particular 
and I'm a big Houston booster. Houston, it's worth it, right? The, whether it's the cockroaches or the no mountains, uh, that's one of my favorite cor- corporate city advertising slogans of all time. But it is, it's a peculiar you know, mix of, of people and stuff and things here, but it's an alchemy that really works for me anyway, and it's a, it's, it just feels like it is home and it feels like home to me here. Um, and I like being involved in, in projects that have a, a strong Houston focus and that, are, that benefit us as Houstonians you know, especially ones that are passionate about kicking butt and having fun. So, I, you know, the, the White Oak Music Hall project that I'm involved in or, or that Lindsay and I have been involved in is something really, uh, I think, that exemplifies that for me, right? Doing something that's, yes, I think it's going to be long-term financially rewarding. <laughs> it's, right. been, it's been a long haul, but more importantly, it's something we just really needed in, you know, in this city to have an outdoor music venue that you can get to without getting in your car and battling right. I-45 for 45 minutes to go to a giant outdoor yeah. you know, thing at Cynthia Woods. So those aren't my only goals in, you know, in business. And, and you know, mine are uh, similar to, to Sean's in the sense that it's, it's about, for me, kicking butt slash making money. That's the way you keep score you know, in the investing game. But and having fun and then building something. So you talked about community, and I, I think it's for me. It's about, it's about building something. I used to like to build stuff. You know, right. when I was a kid, whether it was a model uh, cars that you could drive, those little right. RC kits, yeah, or, yeah. or the model rockets you could shoot up. So I like to build stuff that that you can touch and feel, and that's something that's hard to come by sometimes in finance world. I th- I am a ser- I am an entrepreneur at heart. I have started a number of businesses. Sean and I are you know worked together at a business that we started called Valador that helps other businesses, you know, get started or continue to grow. But I, I am kind of a, a, an entrepreneurial person at heart. My, my, I got stuck in my first business for too long here. That's the lesson I learned. Um, started something that turned into a pretty successful, you know, by the on a relative basis anyway, sure. um, firm called Salient. And we had a great run, but I wound up being the turn. I looked around 16 years in, I'm like, well, my partners that I started this, I'm not even here with anymore. One of them had died, one of them had left. And you know, I don't know that I like everybody here and I'm not having fun. And we are, we, you know, we are fighting headwinds in this industry that we were in. And it was just, you know, it's like, oh, what, what am I still doing here? You know, and the, the good news about, you know, this country and, you know, the situation I found myself in was that I was able to just stop and go do something else, <laughs> which has been a lot more rewarding. Yeah. So I hear quality of life, community, building things. The last, the last podcast we did, I did a segment on, a comedy special that was done by one guy in one room with a single camera. And, and just sort of reflecting on that, him doing that sort of set me free and thinking I had some invisible barriers on what I thought I could create because I do things myself all the time. And I'm in this mode now where I, I have this idea that I need to pull people in and create community and all this stuff, but still you can create a lot yourself. And it's like, oh yeah, I could just do the thing. <laughs> like, it was just uh, my my new saying, I was, t- I was talking to a 92-year-old client who's, she's been doing so much stressful stuff, and she got a lot of benefit from a conversation we had around choice. And what we say in this practice is if you're empowered, if you know you had choice. So for 16 years, you sort of weren't thinking about whether you could or should leave, and then you just woke up and you realize like, oh, I have a choice, I can leave, and then you, and then you feel great. I can choose to stay and have fun, kick ass, or I can choose to leave and go make the next thing. But anytime you feel disempowered, it's when you have this idea that you don't have choice, but that's not logical. That's not rational. That's not true. And so, and so I really like, this is my new favorite saying is, uh, human beings are uh, rational, logical robots trapped in emotional meat suits. <laughs> and so you have logic. It's just, it's being shaped or clouded by the emotions of your body or your situation. And you, you have to catch yourself feeling disempowered to do anything about it. But with the creating, like with this guy created this thing, it was the struggle. It wasn't fun for him. It didn't seem like <laughs> it. Doesn't, it doesn't seem like Are you talking about that the, the Netflix special with the Brian? Uh, Bo Burnham. Yeah, I have, I have to have, or Bo Burnham. Yeah, the two you, Bs, double B. I still haven't watched that. I can't, it's hard to recommend it to people because it has both curse words, every other word, and it deals with mental illness from the pandemic. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, and I will warn you that uh, it's basically now all we do is either quote it or sing it. <laughs> no, I can't wait to get in, in on the inside <laughs> of this. Yeah. I, mean, I feel very jokes? out. They're all inside it. jokes, really. What I noticed is that in sort of reflecting on what he did and how clouded we get with not feeling like we have choice, uh, most people really live their lives not leaving anything behind. Like they don't actually create stuff. And that's, it's, to me, if, if they choose that or if they're happy, like who cares? Of all the places that 
you could be Houston. I I'm from Houston. I just happened. We we all got sort of got lucky. We, we all you, have very similar stories. You probably wouldn't have chosen if you if you grew up in New Jersey. You probably wouldn't have chosen Houston. No, but, you would have been. You but you might have wound up here by accident, which is what happened. It's but, a magnet, yeah, right? This is why I love it. Yeah. When we were in Tango, we met through Tango. Uh, we were the only two native Houstonians in the whole Tango community. That's why mm. I love Houston. But we all happen to have tasted how if you want to create something here, you can. Absolutely. And that is different. I, I, I have, and, and that's something that's been confirmed to me by um, a number of the transplants that have shown up here in the last few years. Um, I've always felt like one of my goals in life or missions is to be kind of the welcoming party for new people to town and make sure that they don't make the cardinal sin of living outside the loop um, <laughs> and, and then go from there, right? right. Uh, but, um, but recently with, you know, the influx, and I'm not even talking about the California, Austin, you know, pipeline, right. which is real. Um, it's crazy. And, and it's also spilling, you know, we're going to have the spillover effect here for in sure. Houston Absolutely. is kind of my my view there but we have like sean and i have an office mate who moved moved to town from from chicago what two years ago yeah and he has just lo- fallen in love with houston because a it's you know not negative 20 in, you know, <laughs> in january but Sheesh. um but what he talked about is that is that openness and you know the fact that people don't really care that much here where you're from or what you're you know what title you had or what you know thing you checked off on some on some qualification box they just if you have a good idea and you're passionate and you're knowledgeable about it you know, people get on board, and that's that is very rare, um, especially in the money centers, the old school, you know, cities in this in this country. There's still, you know, it's still very or very different in terms of you know community and pecking order and things like that. Yeah, we're really lucky as a city that I mean, we're the number one largest, most international city in the in the country now, surpassing L.A. and New York. It's and awesome. It, it makes for in terms it, of the diversification here, or yeah, just yeah. from immigration and and where folks have come from and landed here. And so a lot yeah. of openness and willingness to see new ideas. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, as an investor group, that is something we think is severely undersold here in Houston, that there's a lot of really smart people here, very talented. Um, we were fortunate enough to meet <laughs> you guys as you were embarking on a change and trying to do something different within your own business. Obviously, we'd known you as uh, instructors and been participants in yoga classes but getting to know you deeper through covid frankly allowed us and watching you evolve your business has been super positive for us and and also very rewarding to us i think jeremy and i've talked about it before really impressed by you guys and you can edit all of this out (laughs) no this is all going right in okay we just um, put that on repeat just a couple times you you talked about exceptionalism did i leave something behind and I think we all agree we can leave very small footprints behind that have a lasting impact. And, and so all of our lives are connected by how many folks were we able to impact, even in the smallest way. Mm-hmm. I don't teach my kids exceptionalism. I hope that they are. Maybe there's a shot. Who knows? <laughs> but what I teach them is, can you be kind, confident, and curious about the world around you? And if you follow those three things, you're going to find a way and to be happy in this world. And, yeah. and that's what we hope for. The three cuz. Yeah. If you right. knew Sean's two kids, you'd, you'd understand how successful that parenting philosophy has been. That's really great. Got to have some. It's, a, it's actually started out as a measuring stick mm-hmm. for, like, are we doing a good job as parents? Yeah. You know, like, what's really important? You know, so coming up with something simple. Well, that's exactly what you guys do in business. You're doing the relationships and parenting and life choice is what you would do in business. How do you, how do you create a metric out of the different things? It, it's hard to measure stuff. Yeah. That's, a, that's, you know, one of the things I thought about driving over here, what, you know, what I'm thinking of, what, what is my, what are my, what's my pearl of wisdom that I'm going to you know show up <laughs> with in this podcast and hope that, you know, um, people listen and appreciate it. And, and, and one of them was the, to this point, Andrew, about metrics and business that you mentioned. And we talk, we've just talked a lot about soft stuff and, and you know, community building and, and passionate people and, and making a difference. And all of those things are super important, you know, I think to all four of us, which is, I think, why we've, you know, connected so strongly. But ultimately, if you're talking business, math is part of the, you know, yeah. part of the uh, program. And so, and one of the things that, you know, I think we talk about internally at Valador when we're talking about other businesses is talking to the, to the founder or the owner or, the, or you know, the, our partner in this in a business and talking about, you know, what's, what's the math of your business? What's the equation of your business? 
right? And we all know, okay, well, there's accounting and there's income and then there's expenses and then there's profit and da da da. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what what are the key things that drive success in your business, right? And this doesn't it's, these things aren't comp these equations aren't complicated. In fact, the simpler that you can make them to the point of your you know that we were just hitting on, the better, the more impactful they are. But it's surprising how how that simple question can have kind of profound insight yeah. once you've kind of worked through it and how, and how few people are really prepared to, even people that really know their business well and may, they may even know their, you know, they've got a, they can read you their, the, the main parts of their financial statements for the last, you know, few quarters or year to date out of memory, but do they really understand the, the pieces that are impacting and, and business right. and driving results? Not always. It's a different skill set, but it's driven by a different set of questions. Yeah. So the why of your business that is such crazy. a wonderful question. That's why I love business, because you have to actually stay curious and be rigorous and ask good questions. And most people relate to their health, like somebody relating to their bank account, like, oh, okay, I'm going to pull up my numbers on my bank account on my laptop. <sighs> I, don't like the, I don't like what that says. And so they get out a Sharpie, and then they write the number that they'd like on the screen, and they're like, okay, I'm done, and they close it. Like, that's how they treat their health. Yeah. And kind of most people, that's how they view business too, or really anything that they create, because it's hard to unfortunately yeah. look at yourself in the mirror. As investors, one of the things we have to be careful about is knowing who you're investing behind. And so shared vision and, and uh, values are important. Sometimes they're, they can be in conflict. You never know people till you sit across the table from them, and there's actually hard decisions on the line or or money oftentimes on the line. We, as a partnership, work to kind of flush that out where somebody can be challenged. Right. Hey, you've spent a lot of time with this person, but do you, do you really understand where their head is? And so the simpler we can make a business or an evaluation of a business, the easier it is for us. It's not a he said, she said, but it forces partners to have to sit across the room from each other and say, Neither of us knows who, who's right, but I have to respect your opinion that you feel strongly about this. Right. And, and that is the kind of dynamics that we look for in our own partnership, but furthermore in the folks that we intend to invest alongside and partner with to help them grow their business. Those are critical because they got to trust us too. And you're, you're all, always selling and always evaluating in the position that we're in and it makes for interesting opportunities, you know, to get to know people. People. Yes. Man, people. So I, I was a classical musician turned yoga instructor. And that, it seems like I'm, I'm like around people all the time. But the reality is if you teach yoga, you stand in front of the room and you don't have to talk to anybody, really. You just sort of make your pronouncements and tell people what angle to put their thumb. And then that's you walk out of the room. And if you walk around fast enough, you don't have to talk to anybody. It's great. As a classic musician, what you do is your job is to play with 110 other people. But what you do for your job is you sit in a room by yourself and you practice. And you isolate yourself. And there is no community. And very unhealthy in every possible way, physically, mentally. But I was thinking about why don't I choose Andrea? When Andre and I first started dating, my best friend just looked at me like, that is such a mistake, dude. He also looked at me and said, that is such a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a very good friendship. And <laughs> he said, you're, you're full of shit. This is never going to work. And I could not have enunciated it this well at the time, but I, it, would, it didn't take me long to really, upon asking, like, why the fuck do I feel so strongly about being with this person that I would propose to her after two, 11, no, 14 like, days? Yeah, it was two weeks. It, that's my style. That's legit. Wow. I did <laughs> yeah. not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, this it's is legit. We're learning. That's legit. I'm too legit. Too quit. Too wit. Uh, too wit. <laughs> too wit. Uh, I realized that she, her commitments in her life are what I want. For instance, one of the first commitments she made when she was a kid is her dad asked, What do you want to be when you grow up? She said, Happy. And she, like, to, like she saw his she saw yeah. his face sort of like wait that's not an answer <laughs> but that's of course that's an answer like that's the context whatever i choose that's the context if that i'm gonna we'll, do it i'm gonna have fun and i'm gonna that's it's not like a happy like a disney happy but just even being happy with things not working how quickly can i laugh at it and and caring about community and she also the things that she wants in her life are things that i want and that's sort of why people choose businesses. That's why they choose everything, right? There's, there's value over there for them, for you. I see value over there for me, and so I choose that thing. 100%, like how I was choosing, all the choices I made reinforced my 
predisposition to hate people and <laughs> always be alone and eat as much as I want and, not ha- and pretend that there weren't consequences. And so later in life, I'm like, why? Andre has friends. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys are like this. Do you have friends from elementary school? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's fucking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> we, we are friends from elementary school. We're okay. pretty, pretty damn close to elementary school, yeah. if not elementary school. Yeah. Okay. Well, never fucking mind. But <laughs> she has friends from elementary school and junior high and high school and, and college. college. And my best friend in the world I haven't seen in seven years. Like, <laughs> he lives in Europe. Like, that's. And I was trying to think, like, how? Why am I so bad at friends? And it's obvious, like, I haven't practiced. But the whole first 20-some-odd years of my life, I, my choices reinforced that. So then I got better at the thing called no friends. And it's like, oh, I just need to practice. And, of course, that's why I choose somebody like this, because she's so good at having friends. And, like, me, a dinner party is kind of a nightmare. Her, oh. dinner, it's kind, I just said kind of. I, I know how to have fun now. And I, le- I actually, the thing is, if I actually didn't like people, I wouldn't choose you. And that's the thing. Well, I do you like people. Choose anyone I just am bad at. <laughs> everyone is people. I hate, including hate myself. Yeah, if I, All right. I hate myself. Andrew, you reminded me of a <laughs> phrase we had growing up, which was um, you said, I practiced something that removed friends, you know, kept me in my own little zone. We, we had Nintendo, no friendo. That's what the parents oh, told us. Oh, so I like that, that. That is a lesson I have passed on to my kids. I, like I will walk by if they're, if they're playing video games, it's Nintendo, I, no friendo. I, That's I, very I, good. I, I'm glad to know that now. I wish I'd known that last night when I was talking to my son about his video gaming, uh, which, I'm in, which, I, which I'm in favor of and you know, in moderation, right? Moderation. Moderation in all things, including moderation. Yes. Right? My, my life motto. Yeah, you're, you're, Andrew, you're reminding me of a, of a really, good, really good friend of mine who is a lot like you in terms of being incredibly thoughtful, willing to buck the you know, conventional wisdom and, in fact, like hardwired to fight conventional <laughs> wisdom, right? And uh, he was in a similar you know, position of, of being, you know, kind of not getting later, getting older in life, you know, and realizing, shit, I don't really, I don't really have a lot of, a lot of great friends. And I've been making these choices that, that, that have compounded that or, or, or exacerbated that. And he, and he wound up, he wound up meeting a wonderful woman similarly, who's kind of open, you know, opened that up for him. They live in, they live in Amsterdam Hmm. over there as an expat. He's had to, he's that, he was, he was starting to get closed off again, right? Because he's in this, you know, land and he doesn't know Dutch and, but he's actually learned to speak Dutch and, you know, he's, but he made, he had to make a commitment to like getting better at, at having friends. Like, yeah. and he's like, it's a math problem. I have to actually ask people to hang out with me and invite people over. Right. And he exactly. had to like, he had to be very intentional yeah. about yeah. that. And now he's created this little, a smaller network, probably enough that he can, you know, as much as he can handle with the way he's wired, but yeah. you know, he's created friends, but he had to be really, really specific and intentional it's, about it. And so the practice, our business as a recovering hippie, it makes sense I would go from classical music to yoga because in yoga, everything is about how it feels. And so then it gets equated to it's an art to understand this stuff when, well, maybe no one has just tried to measure it. Maybe you, no one has accurately defined it. Maybe no one has systematized and documented what we do know so that we can properly ask the questions of the stuff that's missing. Why do we even do headstands? Why do we do down dog? Well, those are like in your business, that's what we do all the time. Like, why why this whole, <laughs> do we even need this entire part of our business? What can we let go of? What can we add? Where are we going? What we did with the physical practice is we just literally put everything that there is to do on the table. Every pose, every practice, every inherited thing from chanting om to certain kinds of meditation to, you know, spreading your fingers like this and down dog, whatever the thing is, why? And to your point, it's curiosity. Just like, can we just stay curious and allow that to drive. And then you, you end up creating things inevitably. And what we do in our teacher training, the, with the course, we say, we actually don't let you memorize anything. We don't encourage you to memorize anything. There's no sequence you have to memorize. There's no, the test doesn't test how well you memorize shit. When I write the test, I'm trying to test how you think. I know right around week eight, it's normally around, we're right at week eight, but it was kind of early for this course, where I'll ask a question. I'll say, why this? And I can see everybody do this. Okay, my knee-jerk answer is this. Stop. But, Warning. But, don't but, say that. <laughs> but definitely not say that because Andrew, this is clearly a trick. Yes. <laughs> and I, as I drive home, I have this feeling I got him. Because if you're engaging with, everybody wants to just have an answer. What's the answer? It's actually kind of uncomfortable having a question you can't answer. But the way we describe it is we collect questions rather than answers. And if you just keep collecting good questions, then you will always arrive at a better and better answer. 
but then you come back to your it. systematic approach to hard earned and proved knowledge, you know, uh, like you were just describing is so pleasing <laughs> you know, in a world where that is so far from the norm, right? We are all just inheriting these yeah. standbys and axioms and rules of thumb that, you know, we don't even know where the hell they came from and they probably yeah, were misinterpreted somewhere along the way in this game of telephone, but everybody just assumes that they're all true 100%. And, and it is, and it just is so rewarding uh, to watch to have watched you over the years go through this and things have changed right when, yeah. from when I first you know started seeing you guys seeing you 10 years ago I say you guys now because now, now I, I do more of Andre's classes on the on the live on the, on the live class because <laughs> we're weak because <laughs> I, I can't take it but um, to watch the change right like some of the stuff that you recommend some of the stuff you did or, or Cobra yeah. Yeah. right you didn't used to do Cobra mm-hmm. right but now you talk all the time like hey we experiment with this and it turns out Cobra's pretty legit, yeah. you know, and like that just gives me such a great feeling as as an acolyte, right? That <laughs> that my leader, you know, is out there, you know, doing the work, and that's just so rare. Well, you said it perfectly. We describe, and yoga is such a weird thing because if you say the word yoga in India, nobody knows what you're saying because it means forty-seven thousand people to twenty-two million people. What are we doing? Are we doing tradition? Are we doing classic? Is there? Some, no, it's just inherited. Mm-hmm. It's just the stuff our teacher was taught. Mm-hmm. What is, what's real yoga? I have a definition for real yoga. What's real yoga? I have, I have, a, def- I have a definition. I can't oh. wait to hear both of these answers. So real yoga is when you go out into the ocean and you're in a boat and you've got your fishing rod and you cast it and then you reel something in and it just ha- happens to be that you're also breathing and you're feeling the turn of your hand and it's real yoga that that is my passion by the way oh is it you truly all, truly. all i want to do with my time is go stand on the oh, front of a it is real yoga and see fish come at me and <laughs> cast a fly to them and strip it in and catch them and feel the fish pull and hey. release it so i didn't know how much i loved yoga <laughs> now i can say it you- that Your definition a, will probably be different. I don't know. I mean, that was pretty good. I would have to say yoga girl. What was that? So the way we define real yoga, which, of course, you could just replace yoga with anything. Like, what's real music? What's real? Like, real yoga is the first yoga you did where you really liked it. True. That's it. That's the truth now. Back, uh, back to the business of yoga a little bit. Like one of the things when we were, t- we were talking about your, the equation of your business or math, like you, one of the things you guys found out relatively quickly is, hey, if we're in a business of, of passing on knowledge, right, there's a limit to how pipe's too small, right? If right. I have to have a person come to me for an individual lesson or even a, or even in a group lesson, you know, format, you literally, have, I know you've done the math because you've, we've shared that math or, or looked at it together yeah. through your spreadsheet, right? How many hours do I have in the week? Like, mm-hmm. You know, and there is just you just can't scale that that business. And I know that's that's probably common sense, or people think that's that's easy to easy to understand in a, in a lot of contexts. But that is something that people I think when they get into 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 knowledge transfer businesses don't yeah. don't may not understand when they first get into it. You ultimately, unless you're one of those people that can white out your bank account and get away with, <laughs> and get away with that, you know, um, you know, you have you you come you run into that brick wall. Yeah. Right. What I think is so cool about what you guys do is that your approach is so differentiated that you have a chance to scale that business, right? Because it's a unique and and highly effective approach. And now the trick is really, how do you bottle that? How do you communicate that? Right. How do you, how do you market that in a way that's, that's as effective as your, as your actual method is? That's a fun problem to work on yeah. um, because it has, a, it absolutely has a solution, right? Like I'll, you will never convince me that what you do is not super different from what other yoga teachers do and it warrants a broader audience. Especially with my background and being a personal trainer, even my degree in exercise science, all that I know about the body, Minor in nutrition. Minor, no, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But a minor in nutrition. Check. Now we're impressed. No. Yes. I was say. Thank you. But, and with a minor in nutrition. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I can't go quite that deep with my voice, but I can give you a double chin. So one of the things I wrote down to just say we were talking about how important questions are. The problem with answers is that once you have the answer, you stop looking. It's the same thing as the saying, if you lose something, you always find it in the last place you look because you don't look anymore after that. And that's sort of like answers. If you don't engage in the question, if you're not curious, then you don't actually know. Even the stuff that's inherited, like the little pithy sayings or from the past, 
I think engaging in the question is important. And it has been fun to, in some ways, in a weird way, I guess you could say, to be in this last year where I actually did get to question what we're doing and not just rely on what I knew two years ago or three years ago, but like right now reassessing and for the uniqueness of it. My dad, 74, he's not, I mean. Larry. Yes, he's so (laughs) wonderful. But this weekend we went uh, hiking in Garner Mind you, one of the hikes we did was in the rain on limestone, and he hiked up. Up and down. Yeah. 74 years that old. That's so cool. Well, that, that's how, listen, that I, I know that you're what you guys do works for me because I'm me, right? And so mm-hmm. I can judge what, what happens and how it, every single time I commit to spending time with one of you, either in person or, or virtually, I feel better at the end of that session. But the reason that I know how impactful your, you know, what you do is for everyone and not just me is that I used to go to those classes at the Houstonian. And the, the, the difference between those people in your classes who were <laughs> regulars when they started year, months and years later, I mean, it's striking. You know, yeah. it was striking. And that's, you know, we have, a, this, and this is what excites me the most about y'all's business is this, is the way that it's not geared to, it's not geared towards, you know, and I'm not want to be offensive about any of these guys. It's not, it's not geared towards bro, tech bros or investment bros. It's not geared towards towards soccer moms or or you know you know people with Instagram followings. But it's primarily it's for any. It's a it's for anyone. It can be for and it can be for the experts as you know the level three lunatics that you guys have. <laughs> but what really excites me is what you do with you know an, our aging our aging you know our parents right that, that generation. That's and that is that is such a problem uh, that we have in this country where you just. You're about the government social net networks and all that stuff. We don't have we don't have the family you right. know bonds that that I think we once had in this country or that it's common and commonplace in other countries, and so having something that that keeps people healthy, keeps people engaged, keeps people active is is, is amazing. And, and then not only that, but then able to sort of chuckle at life when it comes at you, you know, and you can't balance yeah. and you're the worst in class. Like. I mean, how, how many of those people that that is is what is, is for for how many of the older set of your clients is what is is what they do with you, like the most, one of the most important things and, and, you know, fun things and rewarding things they do in their life. It's like, it's so many of them. You can just tell. I mean, even for me, it's one of the most important things I do for myself, just because we're all aging. Everyone's always aging. We're all aging. That's right. We all are aging. 47. Dang it. 47 is cosmical. (laughs) It's cosmical. It's cosmical and comical. There's a couple ways you can measure. How do you measure whether you're making a difference in people's lives? One is they are now your biggest fans and they come to every class. But there's another interesting way. They stop coming to class because now they don't hurt and they can go play tennis and they can go, oh, oh, I really love flow yoga. I discovered a new kind of movement. So this way, what I view our style as the perfect gateway drug to all movement. And if you like our style, great, you keep doing it. But if you can't move, yeah, do this this stuff. You do this stuff the rest of your life, you'll play tennis the rest of your life as long as you want. And you're not hurting my feelings by not coming to class. We, my job is done. And then you get older and you hurt your knee and you come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe, but, but it's actually okay that if I'm not the most precious thing in people's lives, that this hour on a Saturday morning, like you loved it for a couple of years. I, I know people for sure that hobbled into the Sunday afternoon class and hadn't played golf in a year and golf is their life. And now they're always playing golf because their backs don't hurt and I never see them. Like that's, that's a win. That for was me. basketball for me. Certain extent basketball for you yeah, kind of got sure. us, got us, um, you know, excited about, about seeing you, but it's also, you know, back to the, the, you know, the, the pithy sayings and not just, um, the, the life lessons. Right. I mean, one of the things you talk about a lot that stuck with me is if you're injured or hurt, the one thing that's not, that's is sure that it's, is not going to fix it is ignoring it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and that is so. That is so much application to the rest of your life in so many other you know circumstances. Yeah. But it's really, it's really something that has stuck with me. And you know, and now if I've got something, there's something minor wrong with my body. I pay attention to it. What am I going to do to fix it? Right. And and it's just that sounds so simple, so but it's simple. so powerful. Yeah. We have that discussion in our house. Genevieve will come to Andrew's class, and you can tell on a week she's. I didn't sleep well. My back kind of sore. She'll just wake up one morning like I got it. This today, this is what I gotta go do. I gotta go see Andrew, and it's. I mean, and I go, yeah, I know what you mean. Or a long car ride, you'll yeah, see yeah, us. Yeah. We're very, uh, you know, we drove to New Mexico a yeah. lot, and you've just gotten back from there, and that would be what we did ahead of the trip and yeah. after the trip. Thirteen hours straight in the car is a long way it to go. It is so. a long way to go. I actually bring a block with me. 
And I will put it behind my back when I I drive or when I'm in the passenger seat. I've got one of those like wrap around inflatable things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. The block is strong pro. (laughs) We're still on the squishy (laughs) stuff. Yeah, (laughs) t-shirt will work. It counts. It counts. It still works. Punny, 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 punny. Fart. Oh, it's pun time. I said okay, good. So we have some new additions for a joke we told. On our last podcast. Hmm. So the joke last podcast was Bruce Lee has a vegetarian brother. Mm-hmm. Bronco. Bronco. Bronco Lee. He also has uh, another brother who is super roughed up, like almost like naughty. Like there's knots all over his body. Hmm. And his name is Gnarl. Gnarl. Yeah. Gnarly. And then I actually found out he has another brother. Hmm. And this brother is super well-to-do. He's come up with all kinds of crazy, neat contributions to... I heard he patented a bunch of stuff. He like patented a bunch of stuff. Exactly. And the annoying thing about him is that he didn't share with anybody. Yeah. And so he keeps it all to himself, which is super crazy. Super rude. A little bit. But his name is Manapa. Manapa. Yeah. Monopoly. Don't say it. Why? <laughs> there may be someone who doesn't get it, and that's helpful. No, it's not helpful. Mm. Didn't uh, didn't Bruce Lee have another sibling, a sister, mm-hmm. who's one of the nicest, most generous, kind people in the world? Mm-mm. I think her name was Sweet. I didn't hear about her, but I did hear about his uncle, who was he was very well known in the army. Mm. His name was General. <laughs> He's kind of vague. <laughs> yeah, just general. General. Exactly. It's a little vague. Yeah. Inclusive. There was another, maybe like a cousin or something. Mm-hmm. Who, I guess the brother's son, who always differentiated between lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parso. Di- go, go, goes good. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Good. It was a little spice. Yeah, just a little, a herb, little herb. herby. Yeah. <laughs> uh goes great with pasta yeah here he's kind of half italian <laughs> Parsa. oh i guess the last person in the family everybody else has died from the family he's the only one remaining is uh fina mm. <laughs> <laughs> well then there's the other one who's like is always saying the wrong thing mm. i heard about him and he's like trying to do his best like and he thinks he's doing the right thing. He gets accused anyways. Yeah. His name is False. Hmm. I thought it was Gilta. Oh, Gilta would be <laughs> nice. Too. Well, that's his nickname. False is his oh, nickname. Yeah. But his sister True. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, what did the ghost say to the bee? What? Booby. Uh, there was a lot of buzz about that joke. There was. <laughs> what kind? Oh, oh, oh. What kind of insect is always? climbing up an incline and there's a lot of them what a rampant a uh, rampant yeah there's a lot of them uh-huh. everywhere i had this dream of orange soda the other night hmm, fizzy. it was very fizzy and See? i had this dream the other night and i was floating in the ocean of orange soda oh. and i as i'm floating there i'm like what is happening and then i start to look around and like there's all these there's all these letters around me and they just so happen to be the third letter of the alphabet mm. just like mm. and then I woke up and I realized it was just a fantasy. Mm. I can see that. <laughs> B is C's biggest proponent. Why? And one day he hopes to meet the letter C. He's, he's a fantasy. Oh, B C A B C. That's your saying? Fantasy. Oh, fantasy. Okay. I thought you were saying like a, B, C, like B wants to be C, B, C. A, B, C, or D, F, G. <laughs> uh, what do you get when you combined a insect? <laughs> I lost it. Shit. Where'd it go? Oh, what do you get when you cross a homeless bovine with a insect that stings? Hmm. A bumblebee. Hmm. What is the scaredest barnyard animal in a hospital? What? Cow ward. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Uh, what animal most closely resembles a biscuit on your lower leg? 
a bunny. Oh, it's good. I was like a calf. Wait, how does calf <laughs> roll into this? It's getting a bun knee. A biscuit. A biscuit? Wouldn't that be a pastry? A pastry on your lower leg? I think it's a, a hamburger. Mm. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit. Biscuit. So we make up jokes and we tell them in class. How annoying is it when people come to your class or come to my class after having started in your class and they say, oh, I see where you got it. I mean, I don't care. You don't care? I I'm mean, annoyed by it. I don't really care. It's just most people are going to think that. Most people think that or vice versa. Nobody has said, I got my sense of humor from you. I know. Everyone says that. Like, I see where you get it. What some people don't know is that Andre and I fell in love over laughter. We laughed our way into a relationship. And it's the thing that, you know, we share a lot of stuff, but it's the main thing we share. It's the only way we've made it through all these times, I feel like, for me. Yeah. I think I'm better at laughing than you are, although you're funnier than me. And that actually makes sense. I don't know that that's true, either <laughs> statement, but... I have some evidence to back up my claim. That you laugh better than me? Yeah. You can, ch you can chuckle at things that aren't funny. Like, you can chuckle things off, but that's not about comedy or humor or funniness. Well, what I mean, like, I, I feel like I part of I pride myself on not taking life going the wrong way. But that's different than sense of humor and laughter and that all that stuff. That is a sense of humor. If you can laugh whenever you've lost something for the 14th time, chuckle at it, that's such a big deal. That's right. You're, you find more things funny than I do. I do. Well, it's not like I really find them funny, <laughs> but true. it's like I get to, I choose... How I get to react to to situations, for the most part, get to cultivate how I react, and I I really have devoted a lot of my time. Just to me, I think it's so important. Not how you, not what you do. Who cares what you do? It's how you do it. How you do stuff matters. Yes, and I, I don't argue about that. Yes, we do. I get frustrated with you because you tend to get That's upset different. over the top. <laughs> That's different. I, but I don't argue that I should get upset all the time. I yes, do. yes, you definitely I argue do. A hundred percent. Now, in hindsight. You will, you can, you always come around, but in the moment. <sighs> if you pick a fight with an upset person and you're up. like, why aren't you laughing upset person? That's, that's a form of insanity on your part. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> anymore. Well, I was going to say, I don't know that it's hundred percent true. Either statement. I think you are, you were like Jim Carrey level energetic, but your ability to put things together and find actual humor in situations, somebody say a funny word and you could make a joke on that or mostly in form of movie quotes. But what is that? That's your brain connecting dots, super light speed. People, people love your classes independent of me. They have, it has nothing to do with me. And part of that is because you are brilliant and funny and, and all the other stuff, generous kind. That's, so I was thinking we should totally do a Marvelous Miss Maisel thing where you and I both do stand up uh -huh. on the same night. We should put together five minutes. Okay. And people will love you, and then I'll, I'll have my identity as a funny person smashed. And then you can take your top off. <laughs> Shut up. On stage. What kind of insect is always uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing? Mm. Like you could bring anywhere. I don't know. A behave. A behave. What kind of animal is most likely to lose their voice before they even talk? What kind of animal? A horse. Of course. What kind of animal... Do you not want to bring with you to the store because they're just be asking for everything? What? Iguana this and iguana that. Oh, what do you call a flatulent teacher? A tutor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what do you call uh, fart payments? What? What do you call fart payments? What? Two tuition. <laughs> that was good. Okay. <laughs> What do you call tiny fart holders? <laughs> tweezers, tweezers, two tweezers. <laughs> what? Tiny fart holders? Tiny fart holders for tiny farts. <laughs> tweezers. <laughs> Just to honor you guys' time for it's super awesome that you guys made the time. It's awesome to see you, actually see you. Like Likewise. Miss you guys. Likewise. So I posted this little update on Facebook in April or May of 2020, yeah, something yeah, like that. it was definitely before June. And my memory is you read that, you guys read that, and then you reached out. So I am, I got kids, I got marriage, I got mortgage, I'm running an investment firm, and I'm feeling calls and all this data from all these other different places. I have my fingers in many different pies. I'm constantly thinking creatively about what is going on in life and having deep thoughts about 
basketball Things. and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Listen, reading your Twitter, deep thoughts about basketball. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think to myself, you know what I need to do every week for six months is devote some of my time and life energy to this small business that, okay, it's made a difference in my health, but like I have no, you guys haven't invested in us. We, it's not like our success is your success on the bottom line, but you you reached out and said, hey, how can we help? And the truth is, I could not have actually told you how fucked up I was last April, April 2020. It took many months to sort of realize how. I'm okay. I've been super poor in the past. I've lived out of a van, like, but I also have worked my ass off not to have that happen again. It's like, all right, I guess this is going to happen again. <laughs> That's sort of, I was getting into this mode of sort of, okay, whatever it takes to have my family work, I'm going to make it work. But there's about to be a lot of sacrifices. That's stressful. When you mess with people's money, that's stress. And that's, we didn't have any money. In the story of the last two years, the reason we have a website, the reason we had any kind of sanity and hope for the future is because of those calls you guys had with us. Oh, really appreciate that. It's such a big deal. No, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to, to, to help. I really mean that. You guys are amazing. And the reason that, you know, we reached out to was because we both feel that way, that it's important what you're doing. It is, it is important for everyone. So many people can benefit from what you're doing. So glad we could be there for in any small way and lo love you guys. And we think that it is really important to solve that question we were talking about earlier about how do you get this out to a broader audience? Yeah, people, our work people is not need done. this. No, it's not. No, it's not. But it, but having the website, We've I mean, come a long way. But having sure. the website up and running, you know, it's just it's so, so great. Um, and you know, I don't see you guys, and I don't even know if you see me on there because I'm usually watching it on the recorded. I'm usually mm. watching a live class from the like the YouTube, the archive, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's from the days that earlier in that day or what or what have you or the archive. But I'm on there a lot. I can't tell you how much that saved me last year, right? Getting through, getting through COVID, having something to do that got me away from the worry, from the, you know, financial stress that mm -hmm. everybody was feeling uh, last year and life stress and marriage stress and, and everything else. So um, it was a great outlet for us to be able to, to try to help someone and, and to get to, we didn't really know you, Andre, at the time. So, you know, getting to know b both of you and, and helping you. And it is kind of a funny thing when you, you talked about avoiding the, or getting out of class after you say, after, after you teach, you know, the, the Houstonian, it's always funny to watch the dance, the way people are lined up, you know, to like get the wisdom of Andrew, get a, right? Get a or, whiff of or, the or get a free, or get a free, you know, elbow examination, exactly. right? I mean, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't, I just, as a, as a disclaimer, I do not diagnose medical conditions, <laughs> but there was a guy if he hadn't, if his wife hadn't drugged him to me after class, he would not have been able to repair this, the, the thing that he had wrong. He had fallen, caught himself, and he hurt his elbow, and his elbow was kind of hurting. And I took one look, and I was like, I think you ripped your triceps off, dude. And that's the problem. When you, when you rip your biceps off, it sort of furls you up in your it, arm. Yeah. Yeah. And triceps is kind of the same. It's like, I'm pretty certain. It was like three weeks. And so he goes to... A, uh, oh, we've like, been suffering with a ripped Well, the off thing, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's just sort of like sore and weird. And when you tear your biceps off, it doesn't hurt. It feels like the worst cramp you've ever had. But it's not like, oh, dysfunctional pain. Same thing with pecs. It's not like, you see guys who just tore their pecs, they're like, oh, I tore my, like, it's not that kind of pain. And so he was just like, oh, my elbow is funky. So he goes to the orthopedist and the guy's like, if you had waited one more day, I probably couldn't have done surgery. So it was wow. like, and his wife, he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was like, get over here. <laughs> Talk to Andrew. Talk to Andrew. He's get you free 30 seconds. <laughs> This, this is part of our Houstonian <laughs> monthly charge. Yes, yeah. Andrew. I, 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 Andrew, I would say to both of you guys, one of the benefits of having gotten to share time with you all and, and seeing the struggle, it was real, but yet seeing the opportunity in front of, of you was your passion. It's one of the things we talk about in the folks that we want to invest time in. Whether it's time and money, this, this was easy for us to say, we don't have the answers. You acknowledge we don't have the answers, but together we can come up with something that's a little bit better and we can encourage each other. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think back at the situation that you guys are in as a couple who works together. There, there's so much value in that and seeing how you all have worked together as a, as a married couple who also is struggling and, and working that we can take home with us as well positive stuff yeah. mostly yeah, you know like in an amazing way yeah. 
And so for us, that that is part of the give and take, right? There's people on the other side who are open to work together collaboratively to see if we can figure out something. And it's, it's super valuable and there's lots for us. So thank you, as Jeremy said as well. Thanks for inviting us in. And I hope we've been able to do some more. And Usually. I know there's still big goals here. You know, this is a part of it. Getting the message out and sharing your unique insights together is going to help tell the story that Jeremy and I know so well because we've been able to participate as students of your practice. And it's been the only thing that's resonated with me, period, end of story. Yoga was this beach thing that women do, and it's not. I'm six foot five, and you know I have a different body frame, and things are a little harder. I'm squeezed into airplanes <laughs> and stuff like that all the time. So learning how to take care of my body and the lessons that I've taught other people who are have a back problem, like, well, hold on, I'm not an expert, <laughs> nor am I a doctor, but I can try these three things. Try bad waiter, and yeah. you know, oh, there Get you back go. to me. Thank you guys Just as well. One last, okay, one last tip for you guys since you since you've reminded me that I've got to go watch that Bo Burnham yeah. show, okay, okay which good. I'm going and to do. You have to message us later. I'm going and to, and I'm going to start, and we're going to start conversing only in, in snippets, yes. you know, Sounds which great. right now is like an Ace Ventura. My, it'll expand my, my you know, <laughs> like a glove. But what I want to recommend to you guys is is the is the hundred foot wave. It's a four series, four episode mini series. It's got a lot of parallels to to what you know you guys are trying to do. It's a, about a surfer who finds this massive wave off of Portugal mm. and Nazaré. And he basically bets his life on bringing that, you know, knowledge of this incredible wave to the surfing community, who the big surfing community, who for some, who for a variety of reasons, you know, because it wasn't in Hawaii or right. you know, poo pooed it, right? And right. it was like, you're wrong, right? You're you're not right. And he, and eventually that message got out, and now it's you know, renowned as probably the number one surf, big surf, big surfing wave wow. spot in the world. Uh, a really cool story about you know, triumphing, and and that it it, it was a it was many years of yeah. them, you know, spending time bringing this story to life and there's also a great how he met his wife thing that, that you guys will appreciate given the story that i just heard what is always true is that when you do a hard thing it's hard and when when something is hard it doesn't ever feel easy and so this last year was hard for us but we are i mean i say this to people all the time and so this is the only reason reason, reason. the only reason i can reason. i can remember it <laughs> So marriage is what brings us together today. It's another way we actually the first thing we bond. I feel I feel like I'm on the inside again. Stop rhyming. I mean it. Anybody got a peanut? I don't think that means what you think it means. Okay, where was I? So the. Like I've worked with people who it literally took them four years to get into a forum stand and watching the slow, like I'm falling asleep. It's just like so long as they jump, they do their jumps and it doesn't look like anything's getting any better. And if you plotted their strength over time, it's obviously getting better, but because they're under the threshold called, I need to be this strong to get into yeah. form stand, it's, it's only it's failure, invisible. only failure, only failure. And then they peak above it for a second and then for six more months, <laughs> they're below it. The only reason, we're only failing because we have these big goals. Like, we, like if our measure of success is I have a pulse and I can hold my kids and I have a couple more breaths before I die, like, okay, we win. We all win. But we have these bigger dreams, these ideas and that we have the stuff that's left from decades of wondering like, hey, what could we do? And coming up with 100 ideas and, okay, none of those 100 ideas were worth our time. And so, okay, what's the next 100? And so we have these kind of bigger dreams for what we could create, whether we get there or not, who knows, but we believe in it. Otherwise, we wouldn't put our time and energy, but we're, <laughs> we're here right now. And, you know, we, for the first time in a long time, we went down in terms of performance and certain metrics. But the, the thing that I keep repeating is even in this time, the, the two things that I really got out of this time where it's hard and I am so expecting to just be able to fly into this forum stand because I know I'm strong and I've been doing this for years and I should just succeed is uh, almost every night since February I've eaten lunch. I've eaten breakfast. Dinner. <laughs> Let me try that again. Beep. 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 Anybody have a minute? We'll see that in an instant replay. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> Is every mm. night I've eaten dinner with my kids since February 2020. And for somebody who has spent most of his life 
sort of leaning into this idea that I'm bad with people or I'm not good with friends, being willing to both ask and receive help. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Would love to have you guys here for is actually like talk nitty gritty business stuff, small business, what you look for. And so maybe we can have like a a business hour. Part deux. <laughs> yeah, part deux. Do we? Hot shots. I am down. I am down. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> always, shots. always happy to do it. And we, and we would down. come prepared with yeah. some real insights. And by the way, fun. you guys have like, just so you know, I, I think about this stat. I'm kind of like a baseball stats dork from all, from the old day. You know, that's what yeah, I, yeah. I grew up being you yeah, know, punched yeah. over baseball cards, you, you right? right? So you know, they have these all these stats in baseball, right? Val, you know, it's like lifetime, you know, lifetime war wins over above replacement and all these things. Like your your lifetime war in terms of your impact on other people is in the top five of anybody that I've known in my entire life. Along with the guy who founded Kip, who's a good friend, along with you know maybe Ben Hunt, you know who's taught people how to think um, about about the world. I mean, you guys are way up there, so just know that. That's Thank a, you. That's important. That's awesome. And keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. And we'll keep making it sound that, good too. That, that's the plan. <laughs> that is the plan. I figure we do it long enough. We'll figure this stuff out. Well, congratulations on all your success. You smell terrific. <laughs> I did shower <laughs> and put on deodorant. <laughs> wasn't sure though it was not sure no i like old spice <laughs> no, i'm not a lady deodorant but tmi <laughs> forget i said it awesome thank you guys thanks guys awesome sounds thank good super duper they call him says give him time to be best he'll always learn something new he puts the two On this segment, I share the stuff that has come from decades of just being obsessed with learning new skills. Like any obsession, I can't really tell you why I do it, but it has afforded me a beautiful and rich life. Some things are hard for me. I actually attack them because of their difficulty. But other things are just things that I've done. And over the years, I get better at them. Maybe in the past, they were obsessions like photography, music. And now it's just a part of my life. It's who I am. I am a photographer. I am a musician. Not like identity, but I don't think about it. I, I am a pants wearer. <laughs> I wear shorts. I play music. One of the silly things that we'll talk about today is turning life into a musical. When I was a professional musician, I would often be in the pit, playing the music in the orchestra that you'd hear. And the truth is, I really didn't like most of the music. I don't like musicals generally. They're corny. The So many of the songs have almost nothing to do with anything. But musicals themselves have this obnoxious power. If anyone being honest and truthful about music would have to acknowledge some of the most beautiful music ever written has been written for musical. Think Phantom of the Opera. Think Secret Garden. Think Hamilton. But when I say turning life into a musical, it's sort of a simpler thing. My, It's not about lyrics. I've never been a lyrics guy. Singing with my wife, we sing more lyrics now than I've ever sung in my life. But before, music had nothing to do with words. Music had everything to do with the notes on a page. And so whereas if you just named any song that played on the radio in the 90s, my wife could sing every lyric. She has a photographic memory for song lyric. For me, I can sing the tune and I can tell you the harmony and I have the, the song memorized. I know the sections, the, the A, B, C, F. <laughs> For Andrea's birthday, I made up a little song. The song literally took me no more than two minutes to write. I'm not saying you should be impressed when you hear it. And then I had my kids just record it. And this was one of the little gifts for Andrea's birthday last month. Mom likes food. Mom likes words. Mom likes looking up and seeing all the birds. Mom likes jokes. And mom is funny. I am a boy. I guess that means I'm more sunny. Andrea, Andrea, when I do my chores, I'll fold all the laundry. Andrea, Andrea, I know in my bones that forever she'll love me. If you've ever been to one of my classes, you know that I'm always singing little ditties. It's a way to distract you from the suffering a little bit. It sort of seems counter given our commitment that you feel whatever's going on in your body. The truth is most of you take life too seriously and you take this practice too seriously and you suffer unnecessarily. And if we can just be light, just have fun, enjoy this moment, man, does that make a difference? Sheesh kebabs, does that make a difference? All that shaking's good for you. <sighs> You'll be sore. And come back for more. When everybody does one, you'll do two. Because you're stronger and better looking. <laughs>
than all the schmoes who don't come to this class. <laughs> uh, all right, 60. Let's get her. That was from my level three class last month. So what I want to invite every one of you to do right now is to look around your room and just look for words written on stuff. So right in front of me, there is a mic and a stand. O.C. White Co. is a good stand. It's got gold springs. I don't understand. It's kind of complicated. It's got some hinges. Uh, and then sometimes you get lost. <laughs> you don't know how to rhyme things. And then you don't. <laughs> it actually is. It's fun to end poorly. I got a Neumann mic right front of me. I like to sing into it like a B, buzz it, buzz it, buzz. It doesn't buzz. It never buzzes. It's a good mic, not a bad mic that buzzes. Uh, it, it does not have to be good. And I recommend that it is the worse, the worse of the better. There's only two things I own made by Behringer. Yuck. Behringer's a crappy company that really sucks. Uh, in front of me is a mini amp. It's got a four-way, four-channel headphone amp. I used it in a pinch and I want to throw it in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, I was prone to depression, and man, the pandemic really triggered all those old, well-trodden brain pathways. Those old grooves were easy, like a record needle to fall into. And in those moments, just finding anything to get your head out of it. It's not being manic, but being silly is so helpful. And getting over this disease that we tend to have, which is we take life too seriously. We take ourselves too seriously. We take our problems too seriously. There are lots of strategies to get over your problems, but try this one in public, like out loud. And if you do so, you might actually make a friend. It's kind of a nice uh, social litmus test. This podcast was produced in Houston, Texas by the world-renowned Sarah Bellum and myself, Andrew Dugan.